Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. just around the corner, if you could believe it. This is the last week of February. Easter is literally just over a month away. And uh, even though we're living in a post-Christian country, in a post-Christian city, there is something that comes around Easter time because it is one of the greatest, it is the greatest Christian holiday um, ever. And, and we celebrate the death of Jesus, but not only the death of Jesus, but the resurrection of Jesus. And there's something that happens that people's hearts are softened to the idea of allowing Jesus into their lives. And some people may not even know that there is a Jesus, and there's lots of people that don't. But we, as we started looking at what we could do for Easter, and we started thinking about Easter before Christmas, and we're like, how can we impact our city in a greater way? We, we considered adding more services, doing one at 9, 10, 11, and 12. But no, we, we considered adding more services. We considered uh, maybe going to a, a couple of different schools. We considered a few different things. And when we boiled it all down, we thought it would be really cool and really effective way to reach people for our city, reach your friends, your family, people that would never typically find themselves in a church, but maybe only on Easter that we, we thought that it would be good to add a service on a Sunday, but not just add a service here. So Easter Sunday, which is April the 1st, kind of seems like it shouldn't be on April 1st, but it is on April 1st, and it's no fools. Um, we're actually doing an event at the rec room in South Edmonton Commons. And uh, I am super excited for this. The rec room at Southampton Commons is, is typically for all, it is for entertainment. There's arcades, there's Astrong, there's bowling, there's, there's three restaurants. But in one of the back, back sides of, I just said back side, um, but uh, it, there's, there's a concert hall at the rec room in, the the, in, uh, in Southampton Commons that holds about 350 people. And we've actually booked the rec room to run church. We're going to take, a, take a, a venue that's usually used for self gratification for entertainment. Lots of people would say that, that it's a, a place where some people shouldn't go. It's, there's a bar just outside that we're actually taking the venue and we're renting it and we're actually going to do a service on, on April the 1st from 7, uh, from, starting at 7 to 8 on, on Easter. And we need you and you should want to invite your friends because this is an opportunity where many people are already saying, well, you know what, mom and dad want me to go to church on a Sunday or, or I'm, I'm supposed to go to church on Easter and Christmas and Easter, this is one time. Maybe this is a way that we can reach our city for Jesus using a cool venue in our city uh, to create. It's like, yeah. I'll go to church at the rec room. I'll, I'll do that. Um, you'll, we'll, we're this, so today we launch um, our, our promo. Next week we'll start, you'll start seeing billboards in our city pop up with uh, Easter at the rec. And there will be roadside signs and stuff at the LRTs. And there, there, will, there will be, there, we're, we're wanting to reach people in our city. And uh, we believe that if we can dream of it, God's going to provide for it. And, and God's going to move in it. And we just believe that we're people that are, that are supposed to reach people for Jesus. That's why we started Discovery Church, and this is our very first Easter, so I want you to get excited. Um, If you're here for the very first time, welcome to Discovery Church. We exist that people will come to know the truth of Jesus Christ, because only in Jesus Christ can we find our purpose. But I want to take a moment uh, as we launch this to you first, um, Easter at the Wreck, which is happening April 1st. I just want to pray over it before we jump in this morning. 
So would you join me with prayer? God, we just thank you uh, for opportunities to redeem something that was for self-gratification, for, uh, for entertainment. Not that that's bad all in itself, but God, we want to redeem. Uh, we want to we use the rec room facility to be able to reach people for you. So God, today, as we launch our, our advertisement campaign uh, for Easter at the rec, God, I just pray that your hand will be continually moving in it. God, the people that we will invest in into and, and invite to Easter at the rec, I pray that they will say, Yes, I pray that the 350 people will be at capacity. I pray that we will have to extend the walls. I pray that the rec room comes to us and says, we can't take any more people and we keep packing them in and you find a way. So God, as, we're, as, we, as we plan, as we continue to plan, as we move forward, God, I just pray that your hand will be on the rec room in your name. Amen. Because you know that we have some CEO Christians, right? Church, Easter only. Uh, we all, we all, we may have even been there. Maybe you're here. You're like, oh, it's coming up to Easter. Maybe this is your first time. Uh, so let's capitalize on, the, on people that will go to church only on Easter and let's give them a good church experience because what will happen is that we're not going to do much different. We're not going to do a huge production. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We're not going to do anything much different than what you can get on a Sunday. Because we want people to come to the rec room, experience Jesus, and say, this brings value to my life. And we can say, you know what? This happens every single week at a school over in the West End. Right? We can, we can try to create something that would be a good event and it would be good and, and, and people will come to Jesus through that. But we also want people to say, hey, I want to be in community with these people every single week. And that's what we want to create at the, at the rec room is that that is a venue to be able to do church that people see that church is not boring, that church is life-giving, that church is exciting. It's something I want to get up for on a Sunday. So that's what we want, want to do. So I uh, encourage you to th- be thinking about who you've been inviting. Or maybe you've invited all your friends 12 times and you feel like, man, if I ask them one more time to come to Nellie Carlson with me, they're going to punch me in the face. Well, this is another opportunity to invite them to something different uh, that's very similar to what we do right here um, and it's at the rec room. And if you you have friends that don't like getting up uh, to come to church, guess what? This is in the evening. Uh, Last week, we finished our series uh, five-week series, The Great Escape. And again, thank you, Pastor, Pastor Ron, for bringing a word. And uh, you, if you were here, you knew that we were made for paradise, that God wants a relationship with, with us. He's, he's calling us into a relationship, and we were made for paradise. And that in some of our tendencies to want to escape, uh, deep down, there's a tendency that we're, we want to escape because God has not, not created us for this world, but he created us for, for heaven. But this week, we start a brand new series, and it's called Well Dwellers. And, and I just thought it would be cool for to, to take uh, four weeks and to dive into some Bible, Bible stories and look at a few characters in the Bible um, and, and look at their stories of encounters that they had at a well. And uh, whether it was Jesus, uh, there, there is uh, one of the most famous ones that we're going to talk about today is the woman at the well. And it, she had an encounter that radically changed her life. And I believe that as we explore these stories today, that we will find things in our lives that can radically change ours. So for anyone who's grown up in a city, you may not know what a well is. People that have cottages, people that are old enough, we we may take for granted and think when we go to turn on the hot water for our shower or put our glass in under a refrigerator for our clean drinking water, like, oh, it's just supposed to come out, right? Um, If you didn't know it, your mom and dad actually get a bill every month for the water that you drink. Um, But... You may take it for granted, but I remember the very first time, uh, the only time that I spent a few weeks in Kenya, but it was in 2005. 
And I remember seeing people walking down the streets similar to this. Women and children walking for miles and miles and miles with gallons of water on their heads. And, and every day I, I wake up and I usually grab a glass of water or I get, a, I get a shower. And I take for granted that not only do I have running water, but I have clean water. Did you know that 288 million people in our world don't even have access to clean drinking water? It's crazy. And I remember being in Kenya and seeing this, and the only way that these people would get running water is if they run with the buckets on their head. So it's no surprise to me in the Bible when Jesus makes a comparison between him and water, because water is, is a part of life that we cannot live without. And, and I tried to find what, how long somebody could actually go with living without water. And there's no specific time because there's so many factors to, to, uh, to factor in, like heat and where you're staying, where you're sitting, if you're moving too much. But they say between two days and a week, two days and seven days, you, you will actually die from dehydration. So water is an essential part of life. So, so as we, we dive into, dive into water, as we dive into well dwellers today, think about it that, that life cannot be sustained without water. And I believe that our lives cannot be sustained without a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's similarities between there. So I want us to take a look this morning at the story of the woman at the well. It's found in John 4. And as I read through it, I, I want to pull little pieces out that I feel that can impact our lives. Uh, can I be honest? Sometimes I have a hard time reading the Bible. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time understanding the Bible. But one thing that I've found that worked for me is that as, I'm, as I read it, I try to imagine myself as the character or as a bystander or somebody that, that may be living in that time and say, what does this passage, what does this story, how does it affect my life and how can I put, put things that I learn and what God instills in me today through reading the Bible into practice today? Because it was, it was written thousands of years ago and some people would say, well, it's just ancient literature, it's outdated. It's not outdated. It's, it's, it's breathing and it's living and if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. If you would see our guest center, we, we have Bibles to give you for free because we believe that it is uh, as essential as water in our, in our lives. But I want to start, start reading. And it's John, John 4. And it's the story of the woman at the well. Jesus knew that Pharisees had heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John. Actually, Jesus was not baptizing people. His disciples were baptizing. So he left the Judean countryside, and went back to Galilee. Jesus had to go through Samaria. And I want to stop right there. Jesus had to go through Samaria. How did you get to Discovery Church this morning? I left my house. I came out, and I went across uh, 32nd Ave. I came down to 23rd Ave, and I came all the way down to 23rd Ave until I got to Rabbit Hill Road, and I came, and I took a left into the lights. Maybe you came to Anthony Henday. Maybe you came early, and you decided, you know what? I'm going to drive through McGrath and see all the big homes that are in there, all the ones I wished I owned. Or, um, or maybe you came, and you came a different way. We all had different ways of getting to discovery today. And I read this, and I say, Jesus had to go through Samaria. And I read it and say, there were more ways that Jesus could have got to his destination than going through Samaria. He, he, he didn't have to stop at that well. And if you're a believer, if you, if you 
if you've, if you've called, uh, call yourself a Christian today, aren't you glad that Jesus found you where you're at? And in the same way that Jesus, uh, he says it had to, but Jesus had to not because of, of the path that he had to take, but because there was a woman at the well that he needed to encounter that day. And, and, and I believe that, that Jesus encounters us, that there's many ways that lots of times we say, I found Jesus. I, I've said that before, I found Jesus. The reality of it is that Jesus found me. Jesus seek me out, and if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus and you don't, you, don't get, you don't call yourself a Christian, guess what? A part of you being here today is probably a part of Jesus seeking you out. Continuing on, he arrived at a city in Samaria called Sakar. Sakar was near the piece of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus sat down by the well because he was tired from traveling because he was tired. As I was reading this, I was on vacation and uh, preparing. And so many times I personally get caught up in doing the work of God and not resting in God. I feel that some of us need to hear today that it's okay to rest. That life, every minute, doesn't need to be filled with something. There, there needs to be room for margins because it's in the margins that God speaks to us. It is okay to rest. The Bible says that, that God will take care of the doves. How much more does he care for us? It's okay to take a deep breath and to sit down and to be in his presence. The time was about six o'clock in the evening. A Samaritan woman went to get some water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. His disciples had gone into the city to buy some food. The Samaritan woman asked him, how can a Jewish man like you ask a Samaritan woman like me for a drink? Jews, of course, didn't associate with Samaritans. If you do some research, you'll, you'll realize that Samaritans were like a, a mix of, of a few different people types. And Jews thought that they were, they were wrong. They had a different place to worship. And Jews thought it was, you were supposed to worship over here. So Jews never associated with it. But we see that, that Jesus actually broke some rules today. When he sat with a Samaritan woman, talked to her, he broke some rules. The first rule that he broke, he, he actually spoke to a woman. In those days, men were not supposed to speak to women outside of, of the home. They, were, they weren't supposed to speak to them. Uh, she was, and then on top of that, she was a Samaritan woman. And then third, he broke a third rule by asking her for a drink of water. He didn't have anything to get a drink of water. We'll read in a moment. He didn't have anything to dip down in a well to get a drink of water. So he was asking the Samaritan lady for a drink of water, knowing that if he drank that water, he would be unclean. But he broke rules. And, we, and the thing is, Jesus knew that she needed something more than just a, a drink of water in her life. That she needed a relationship with Jesus. That she needed a relationship with him. That she needed a relationship with the creator, the living God. But he was willing to break the rules of the day. Not by, He wasn't willing to sin, but he was willing to break the rules of the day to reach somebody that needed it more. And the reality of it is, that is essentially why we're going to the rec room. Some people would say, why are you using a bar? Why are you using a theater? Why won't you go and rent out a church? Why, why, wouldn't you, 
Why wouldn't you do something? It's, it's wrong, but guess what? Guess what? It's not sinning. And we will redeem whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says that we will do anything short of sin to win somebody for Jesus Christ. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Who in our lives, who in your life do you typically not associate with? Maybe it's the drunk that lies across the front stairs of your, of your apartment building downtown or your workplace downtown. Maybe it's the parent that, that you hate, that you just, you have nowhere else to stay, that you just go home and you go right to your room and you, go, you, you, you stay at your home, but you hate your parents. Or maybe, maybe it is a race of an individual. The reality is there's nearly 300,000 people in our city that need Jesus. And Discovery Church, I'm going to say, we are willing to break rules to reach people for Jesus. Because rules are man-made. And and we're not willing to sin. We're not willing to do something that's unbiblical. But we're willing to go against tradition or we're willing to go against man-made rules to reach somebody for Jesus Christ. Because somebody coming into faith with Jesus Christ is more important than me wearing a hat on a Sunday. Not that there's anything wrong with wearing a hat or ripped up jeans or, or any of that stuff. But the reality is there's people that are dying in our city. There are friends, there are family members, there are people that we walk by every single day that need Jesus in their lives. And lots of times we walk right on by them when Jesus would break every rule just to show them some love. Jesus replied to her. If you only knew what God's gift is for. This word if is huge. If you only knew. We started Discovery Church because there's nearly 300,000 people in our city that not only don't that not only uh, don't believe in Jesus or don't, uh, don't associate with, with Jesus. There's 300,000 people in our city that don't associate with any religion at all. Not just Christianity. They don't associate with, with, with being a Sikh or a Muslim or a Buddhist. They don't associate with anything. And I, I say to that, if they only knew. There's 300,000 people in our city that if they only knew, they might, they, they might come into a relationship and understand that everything that they've been chasing for, the water that they've been trying to drink, the jobs that they're pursuing, the relationships that they've been pursuing, everything, the self-gratification, everything that they've been pursuing will ultimately continue to leave you dry because there will never be enough to sustain you. And, and it's, but there's nearly 300,000 people that if they only knew, and that's why we are doing a service at the rec room just so people can literally just know we're not there to say to 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 prove to them that they need Jesus we're there to show them that they need Jesus I'm not good at being God I don't know about you but I am not a good God God called us to love and that's why we have a vision that says seeking truth finding purpose that we believe that if we seek truth we'll find Jesus and in that we will discover purpose We exist to take the if 
away. If people only knew what in our lives today is taking the if out. Continuing on. And who is asking you for a drink? You would have asked him for a drink. He would have given you living water. Verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have anything to use to get water. And the well is deep. So where are you going to get the living water? You're not more important than our ancestors, Jacob, are you? He gave us this well. He is the... Uh, he is, He and his sons and his animals drank water from it. Jesus answered her, Anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never become thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give them will become in them a spring that gushes up to eternal life. Water is essential to us living a physical life. I don't know if you've ever been on the break of dehydration before or or played sports so hard or been in really warm weather and just ran out of water. And you will do anything to try to find something to quench your thirst. You will do anything to try to find a little bit of water that will just wet your palate. People search for water. It it would actually do some weird things. You, You see people in the desert and you can start seeing water in the distance and you get up there and there's no water. Your minds will start playing tricks on you if you don't get water. In the same way, Jesus is essential to life. And when we give our, surrender our lives to Jesus, guess what? Then the water is a, is a fountain. It says, it says there, it says, springs will gush up to eternal life. When we accept Jesus into our lives, guess what? We then can become the living water that people are looking for. People will be drawn to us because of our hope, because we walk in on a Monday, our joy, because we continue to love our wife after 32 years of marriage. People will wonder, it's like, what is different about you? People will be drawn to what they need, even if they know that they don't need it. The woman told Jesus, Sir, give me this water, then I won't get thirsty, or have to come here. To get water, Jesus told her, Go to your husband and bring him here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, You're right. When you say that you don't have a husband, you have five husbands, and the man you have now isn't your husband. You've told the truth. I think this is one of the most crucial parts of the story that we could grasp. Is that no matter what you have done, Jesus is still wanting to meet you. See, the woman at the well, this encounter that this woman had with Jesus at the well, if you look into the story, she came to the well at the hottest part of the day. Typically, uh, when I was in Africa, when people would go get water, they would go in the, in the morning or in the evening when it was cool. But she went at the hottest part of the day. Because she was shunned 
and she was rejected by the other women. And people would go, it's like, it's like women, he's like, hey, can you go to the bathroom with me? You know, you obviously seems like five women walking to the bathroom. If man did that, it just wouldn't go, wouldn't fly. But uh, it's, it's kind of like that. In, in that day, it was like, hey, we should go to the well together. And, and your friends of people, your small group, your discovery group would like, let's go get water together. And, and they, they would go together. It would be a social event and they would walk. But here we have a woman that went by herself. She was shunned and rejected by the other women because of her, the Bible says, because of her immorality. See, Jesus knew all of her history. He knew that she had five husbands and she knew that she was living with a man that wasn't her husband now, but, she, but he still accepted her and ministered to her. And the reality is that no matter where you're at today is that Jesus still wants to accept you and minister to you. And because we have the living water flowing out of us, guess what? We want to accept you as well. We want you to be a part of our church no matter what your past may look like, what, no matter what you're walking through right now. This is the wonderful news of the gospel. Jesus meets our basic needs. No matter at the highest point of education, people that have gotten five and six PhDs, the message that he needs to hear, that 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 PhD holder or whoever, the smartest person in the world needs to hear is that Christ died for, for our sins and that he was raised from the dead and that we can trust Christ and receive eternal life as a free gift. Or you go into the, the remotest tribe in Africa and the reality is that that same truth holds just as much power and just as much influence and just as much life change for that tribesman that had never heard the gospel before, that we are all sinners, that we are humans and that in the beginning of time we were sinners and that we, we needed a savior to save us. And all we need to do is put our trust in him. See, we can dive into this story a little bit more and, and our human tendency. I wonder what type, of per, what type of person I would have been to this woman at the well. What if I accepted her? What if I rejected her? What if I broke some rules to see her come in to a faith in Jesus? But the reality is our human tendency is to judge others because of stereotypes, customs, prejudices. Jesus treats people as individuals, accepting them and loving them with compassion. Question for us this morning. Do we dismiss certain people as lost cause or do we see them as valuable in their own right, worthy of knowing about the gospel? Who in our lives do we reject? Who in our lives have we given a, a opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and we've forgiven them and we've trusted them and they've broken it and broken it again and we've just said, you know what, that's enough. We're... The reality of it is people need Jesus. There are thousands of people in our city and hundreds of people that we encounter each and every week that we need to help remove the if. If they only knew. So my challenge today is this. You were given on your seat when you came in a little business card, invite, a bigger invite, is that you take these home 
when you go and you post this one on your fridge. So when your guests come over, you're kind of like, they, they see it. But who are you going to talk to this week and for every week until April the 1st to just say, hey, you know what? My church has this event where we've rented out the rec room and uh, I'd just love for you to come with me. Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to invest and invite? Because when they come to the rec room, I don't want, I don't want you to trick them. Don't be like, oh, we're just going to go eat and, and listen to some music. And Don't trick them. We're doing church, okay? It's, it's Easter. We're doing church. We're going to talk about Jesus. But the reality of it is, is that people are going to have the opportunity to hear about Jesus and to respond to him. We're not going to force people. Into, we've never forced anybody. I, remember, I, I talk to people each and every week, and they're like, I love Discovery Church because you guys don't force anything. You know what? God is good at revealing himself to people. We're called to love people and called to have compassion on people. And we're going to do the same thing at the rec room. We're going to love people and we're going to, we're going to present the gospel and people are going to have the opportunity to respond. But guess what? Some won't yet and some will. But the people that do might be because you invited them. Might be because you invited them. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.